Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the client experience part two. With the help of special guest Camille Jenkins of Camille's Keys in Goodyear, Arizona. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everybody, welcome to another great episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Obviously, I'm Tim Fowler and like we always do, be sure and send me some ideas on uh, topics that we can put into the Tim Fowler Show so we can keep you learning, growing, and expanding your horizons. So several weeks ago, Steve and I recorded part one of the customer experience or the client experience. And we basically talked about some research that I have done, kind of his impressions. Uh, and we mentioned at that point that we're trying to get somebody on who has a little bit more experience in this than just the two of us talking about it. And so I think we did a great job. I think there was a lot of stuff that we talked about that is very, very true. But uh, we have found somebody that actually has some experience in this field and actually has experience in this field in construction. So I thought I was a, a golden find. I'm sure hoping that she proves Steve and I right. But even either way, uh, we're going to get some real good information from our guest today. So I met up with our guest at the International Builders Show. And it's funny because I came into the Remodeling Central room right at the end of when two people were doing a presentation there. And up on the screen, it said the client experience. And I went, oh, why did I miss this? I should have been here for this whole thing. But of course, you know, my radar antennas went up and I went over and spoke with the presenters. Uh, and then we had a couple of calls, you know, to follow up uh, that. And so I thought this would be a great uh, thing for the listeners to hear another view of the client experience. And the thing that I've just keyed in on so much is that we as remodelers, builders, we tend to focus on the things that we do that, that we think are going to make a great experience for the client. But because every client's a little bit different and because every job's a little bit different, we may not be catching the, um, the experience part of it for the client. So, and on top of all of the experience that our guest has, she's currently a remodeling client. Okay. And so, yes, she is living through the process right now as we're recording uh, this episode. And I think she's gaining a little bit of insight as to what the client experience might be like. So Steve, let's get started. All right. So Camille Jenkins is the owner of Camille's Keys located in Goodyear, Arizona. She is a results-oriented customer experience consultant, keynote speaker, realtor, and servant leader. With decades worth of real estate industry experience, operations, knowledge, Camille brings a real-world approach to setting and delivering on expectations. She creatively assists organizations to manage conflict that arises from the often complex and emotional journey of real estate transactions such as purchasing, remodeling, or building a home. 
Formerly, Camille served as vice president of national customer relations with Meritage Homes Corporation, a publicly traded national home builder for over 20 years. During her tenure, the organization annually delivered upwards of 9,000 new homes. Camille was responsible for the organization's national customer satisfaction rating, warranty program, customer escalations policies, advocacy initiatives, and company-wide customer relations training programs. Under her leadership, their customer satisfaction rating improved from 70% to well above 90%. It was the recipient of multiple Avid Ratings Customer Satisfaction Awards, including the prestigious Diamond Award. In addition, Camille personally negotiated and oversaw the remediation and remodeling of 90-plus homes because of the Chinese drywall epidemic. Camille is just as comfortable in a hard hat meeting with a construction team as she is in the boardroom sitting right next to the CEO. Welcome to the show, Camille. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry to do that to you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I made it. It was definitely an extensive uh, (laughs) bio. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I hope you got some diamond earrings or something for that award. (laughs) You know, the diamond award ought to come with some diamonds or something like that. It didn't come with diamonds, but it it come with the gratification that you know the survey program, which was um, you know the basis of what they they provided that award. I was heavily involved in that, so it was a it was a great thing to see the company receive that, and that was definitely a direct result of the team that I was a part of, um, just working our butts off, if you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So give us a little bit more about going from the 70% to the above 90%, just so we can get sort of an idea of who you are and how you think and the process that you use to make that actually happen. Absolutely. So, you know, in that particular scenario, that was a home builder. So new home construction, right? And uh, everyone's excited about something new. Even if you're remodeling an area of your home, it's exciting. But what most people don't know is all of the detail that goes into that. And unfortunately, there are things that are beyond your control, uh, maybe weather or materials, et cetera. And then there are things that are within your control. But when you're really large, sometimes it's you don't take the time to step back and say, how is this really impacting our customer? We're going to make these decisions or we're going to go with this product. But how much time is really spent? in the exploration part of how this is gonna impact the customer. So when I was on board with that organization and I was tasked with improving the results, it was all numbers. And I said, well, numbers are great, but 70% doesn't tell me what's wrong. It just tells me that there's a lot wrong or that can be approved upon. So I took the time to really you know, do focus groups, dig in, get with the company that we were utilizing to um, gather that information and better understand what that represented. And once we could get to the root of it, then we can start to make the changes. And they were not easy, but we had great managers, great CEO say, hey, these are the things that are impacting the customer. And although we might personally be married to these products or married to these processes, it's going to create a lot of issues for us. And they're telling us in these surveys. So it was probably a two year period of just really digging in and changing things. Um, you know, ripping the bandaid off, if you would. <laughs> some people were really happy, some were not. Uh, yeah. And you just started to see the results. That's fantastic. So I don't know if everybody heard it in the 
intro, but Camille has a company called Camille's Keys. So I think it's appropriate that we just jump right in and say like, all right, so what do you think is the number one key to letting, making sure that your clients have a great experience, whether it's in the remodeling world or the building world? Well, it's two. The first one is communication. And I don't mean just the regular, hey, how you doing today? I mean, really communicating with them. And the best way to do that is to ask qualifying questions, if you would. What is your lifestyle? You know, what is your typical week look like? Do you have young children at home? You know, asking questions that help you to determine what their experience might be and get the opportunity to be proactive with offering ideas on how to make that experience as um, comfortable as possible. Second thing is education. And I am big on that. If I don't understand, there's no way I can provide any type of grace. There's no way I can be patient when this is happening. If you educate me on this process, then I feel like there's a partnership there. So that's so important, whether it's remodeling or a new home construction or anything like that, right? So in remodeling, like, listen, we are going to remodel this area in accordance to the things that you wanted us to do, but I need you to understand that there might be there some delays and here's how we'll handle that. There might be some things that we haven't seen, like the big difference, new home construction, we know what's behind the walls because we're building it. But when you do a remodel, I, I recall my father remodeled one of our homes when I was a kid, and I re, I learned every bad word, uh, probably <laughs> about eight years old, because it was a really old house, and he had no clue what was behind the walls, right? So when he started tearing the walls open, the deeper he went, the deeper the words, because it was unexpected. Now there's more costs, more delays. So communication and education, and they go together. This right. just ping ponging off of each other. So one of the things that I've seen in my research is that the challenge of the, especially the remodeling world, but I'm sure in the new home world, the, the challenge is that the client has one experience in the sales process. Mm. And so the salesperson may be really active and, you know, like, how do you use your home and what are you trying to accomplish and all what you call these qualifying questions. And then the project manager or the lead carpenter jumps in and starts tearing stuff apart. So do you have some thoughts about how to keep that communication and education going for the entire period of a remodel or, or even a new home. I'm sure it fits in that, that, that category as well. Absolutely. Well, back to communication, there should be something in writing that's shared amongst your team. So whether it's that salesperson in new home construction or in the remodeling, the person that sold them the remodeling job, you know, here are the key areas for this client. You know, this client is a parent. They have children at home. They, you know, they have an elder living at home. I have an elder living in my house. So that's been challenging with the remodel. Yeah. Um, you know, they have bridge games on Friday nights, all kinds of things. Also things that they like, you know, they, they love to eat out uh, as a family. They cook meals together and have that documentation there so that your project manager can see it, but also team meeting. 
Like you've got to check in with each other. There should be some form if it's every couple of weeks, once a month, whatever it is that your sales team, your project manager, if you have uh, trade leads, whatever it is that they all check in and say, you know, what's the pulse? How are we doing on this job? And you may have some members that say, well, I've been doing this for 20, 30 years. I don't need to check in, right? right. You actually do because your client today is not the client you had yesterday. Right. They are Google educated, which is the scariest thing ever, right? They've watched <laughs> HGTV. They think that tomorrow you're supposed to be here with a drop cloth and uh, the bathroom's done. So right. if you don't educate them and if you're not on the same page and speaking with the same voice as a team, you are going to have an, uh, a failure somewhere along the way. So I'm going to ask for your agreement on this. Tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe make a comment about it. One of the things that I've been trying to push with companies is that maybe the project manager before a project starts should kind of ask the the qualifying questions again just to hear it straight from the client and maybe to connect a little bit with them on something other than the project is that a Absolutely. viable idea I agree wholeheartedly. In, in new home construction, there was a big turn over the past 10 years where the superintendents were expected to be a little bit more empathetic. The word wasn't being used, but that's what it was. So when I was doing my training with the with the team, because they live with them longer, right? Sales experience, they may have reached out to sales a few times when they actually say, yes, I want to do this, and they sign the contract. For all intents and purposes, that's over. They're still there if they need them. But now you've moved on to the next phase, which is the actual remodeling job, right? And as we all know, demo is the ugliest part of the process. And in new home construction, it's actually the entire building process, right? So it's the most emotionally impactful part. And then you have to have a project manager that is being, you know, considerate of how much it's impacting their lifestyle. So if you go to get surgery, you go and you're laying on the bed or whatever, they mark the leg that they're going to work on, right? So they're going back and saying, okay, we know we're doing the left leg, but just in case somebody doesn't, you know, has leg dyslexia, we get in there, we're going to mark the leg. So we're going to re, we're going to make sure we know what we're doing. Absolutely. They should walk through those questions and personalize it a little bit so that it doesn't feel like, oh, this is the same stuff they asked me last time. Yeah. So how would, let's kind of shift to the the remodeling side of it. How would a project manager, in your view of the customer experience, go about educating their client in terms of what's going on? What? How do you think that takes place? What is the, maybe the flavor of that? Well, I think initially it's setting the expectation. Like, hi, my name is Camille and I'm your project manager and I'm excited to work through this with you. It's going to be awesome. We get to the other side. I do want to share a few things with you. This is the times of day that we'll get started. We'll start at five. We'll be done by whatever, you know, every day when we're finished, I'll shoot you a text or someone will make, make sure. I think that's important too. make sure you close each day. Don't just leave and like, oh, are they done? Are they, are, are they coming back? Did they just go to lunch? You know, you don't want to create opportunity for them to have their own dialogue about what's going on. Um, 
And I also think it's important to talk about milestones. In my presentation that you missed, (laughs) (laughs) I I talked about, you know, let's take the remodeling job and break it down into milestones because it kind of allows them to have a mental break, if you would. It's like, whew, okay, we're done with the demo. So your project manager is like, hey, we're finished with the demo process. You know, thank you for your patience. This is what's going to happen next. Um, Now I'm moving on to, you know, whatever inspection process, whatever it is. So that creates this relationship with the project manager. You don't want your client going above their head and calling the office because, hey, I haven't heard from my project manager in two, three days. That's not cool. Even if it's a text, how do you like to be communicated with, you know, things of that nature? Yeah, that's fantastic. I love, I love all all that. You're, you're, you're echoing things that either I said before or I'm thinking at least. So that's good. We're on, we're on good terms here, Camille. So uh, we're doing well. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've likely heard me refer to our roundtables program for production managers. In fact, many of the people that have been on the show are members of that and often are our most popular guests. If you're not familiar with it, several years back, we took the roundtables concept that's been so popular with Remodelers Advantage members and started groups specifically for production managers. Very similar format to what the owners are doing, but focused on production issues and really diving into best practices among some of the best remodeling companies out there. We meet twice a year for two days, collect and discuss performance metrics for each company, and we support each other throughout the year with microboards, smaller groups of your peers who meet monthly via Zoom or by phone to discuss issues and ask for input. So whether you're a business owner looking to involve your production manager or a production manager that needs help taking your department to the next level, we have a spot for you if you're interested. If you are interested in learning more, go ahead and email me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com and I'll tell you all about it. A lot of companies, and and you mentioned surveys. So a lot of companies use surveys um, and they use them in many cases at the end of a project to find out, you know, to, to check various things. And so from your experience, how can companies do a better job with the survey to find out about what the client experienced, not just uh, not just what the company did, perhaps? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, what is the content of your survey and how are you presenting it to your client? Um, one of the things I did at my last career was I added questions to the survey that asked about the builder's level of care. So I didn't just ask about the product or I said, how how would you rate your project manager's level of care? And then a few questions, did they follow up with you? Did they do what they said they were going to do, right? So now you've got more skin in the game. When your team knows that some of the questions in that survey are directly related to what they 100% have influence over, it changes the game, right? Also, what are you doing with the survey? Why are you doing it, right? You can order a pizza today and get a survey before the pizza's even shown up. (laughs) 
I'm waiting for my pizza. Ding, how was your pizza? I don't know. I don't have it yet. So do you do anything with that information? You know, really ask yourself, what is your survey for? Is it just be able to say, hey, we got perfect size, come hire us? Or is it to influence change? What I did with the previous survey was a lot of negatives about appliances. I'm like, they're appliances. They just do what they're supposed to do. But because we don't, we didn't directly warrant the appliances, I had no idea the experience working with the appliance company was horrible. So we looked into it and we ended up changing appliance companies, but we took it one step further. And this is the part I think everyone misses. We went back and shared with our clients that what they shared with us was meaningful. We did something with it. We actually went out and made a change. Thank you for that input. That is what makes the difference. Even if it's just, you could turn that into a marketing piece. Like, hey, based on our, we, we got 80%, 85 whatever. We also were pretty low here. And here's what we did to make change. Oh, this is so fantastic. And I've told a lot of people, I hate surveys mm-hmm. because it just feels like all we're looking for is marketing information. And I never hear anything. Uh, And I hope somebody from United Airlines is listening because I used to (laughs) fill out their surveys and tell them what I was thinking. And then Mm -hmm. if it was negative, I wouldn't hear a thing, nothing. And I didn't see any change occur. So I love this concept of, you know, getting back to the clients and saying, thank you so much. We appreciate this. Here's what we've done to make this a better experience. I'm just, I've got so many notes down here, Steve. Our wrap up's going to be twice as long as our interview (laughs) with Camille because I'm just psyched about this stuff. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. That That's terrific. So um, you're having a remodel done now. You mentioned yes. that when we talked ahead of time, um, maybe without, you know, telling on somebody too specifically, what have you learned uh, in terms of the client experience? What, what, what would you tell us from that experience? Like, Hey, here's some, here's important stuff. Well, the remodeling company that I'm engaging with came highly rated um, you know, great reviews. Are you I, anywhere near of... Phoenix? Are you anywhere near Phoenix? Yes, just, just about 20 miles outside of Phoenix. Okay, so I'm afraid to ask because we have several clients in the Phoenix. I, I won't share. Mesa I area. We'll, we'll share, share offline, Camille. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my remodel is a major remodel to my, my backyard area um, and also one small room in the house. Uh, okay. Sales person, phenomenal. Right. Best bedside presence, just, you know, answers all the questions before you can even get them out. Just an amazing top salesperson. In fact, he has continued to be involved. And these are not areas that are under his tool belt. You know, he's had to help uh, resolve some issues. Project manager, pretty much almost absent. And um, I am constantly and I and I tell him, I'm the best person that you could possibly have for this because this is my gig, right? Right. I'm also the worst person because I know better. Right. And it's not that difficult to communicate. All I'm asking for, you can simply send me a text, right? What I'm learning and one thing that I was not so super familiar with, I've been involved with a lot of remodeling projects, but the trade transition, and I think I had shared that with you, this particular company subcontracts some of their work. So there's, There's trade transition. Some of the trades have been awesome and some have not. But what 
the problem is, is because the project manager hasn't been on top of it. I have been having to manage a lot of that myself. Um, I've been doing QA and it's my house, so I'm going to, but I shouldn't have to. And unfortunately, a lot of people wouldn't know the first thing to look for with, um, you know, your project. So I think that what I've really dived into, it's been a learning experience. It's also helped me to create more opportunities for my clients. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, going back to that, that communication, the salesperson did a great job. He teed it up great. He educated. I didn't even tell him my um, experience until he was finished. And I said, you did an amazing job. I've shared that feedback with the owner all along. Um, but that trade transition, it's like, hey, there's a completely different crew of people in my house like what's going on right hey it's 11 a.m is anyone coming today hey it's 12 30 they left are they done for the day can i lock my gate back up like what's going on right so just walking them through it i it hasn't steered me away from doing a modeling job in the future but unfortunately i would never utilize this company again because i feel like they owe me a check at this point right <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been, I mean, yeah, that that's a, so much of what we have, we preach and teach kind of is the opposite of that. And, um, but that just hearing it from a client is huge. I mean, we've had a client on the podcast before, actually from Scottsdale area, area and their experience was fantastic. And they had, you know, just these glowing things to say about their project manager. And of course, we kind of felt like that was going to be true because, they were volunteered, you know, for us to be on the show, but to hear another client talking about the opposite and how it's challenging and that you're not, you know, angry and mad and uh, about this, but just the reality of what a client goes through. I, I don't think we appreciate it. I don't, I think we're, we're sort of absent. I, I joke with carpenters a lot of times, like when you don't tell me that you're going to treat your client's house the same way you treat your own house. Because when I work at home, it's like, I don't have to impress anybody. You know, I don't have to do right. anything. It's me, right? We have to treat our clients better than we would ever treat, you know, our own home. So that's, well, that's so cool. Go ahead. I was, Go ahead. I was just going to add that the product is lovely. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the product. I have some issues that they need to come and correct, which is sad because, you don't pay in, until it's complete. So it's not complete. It's like they're wasting, you know, they're just, I'm just sitting on the money, but the product is great. If yeah. I were not at home, you know, I run my business from my home. I probably would have been angry because there were things that, you know, leaving the gate open or just being gone for the day or the noise and things of that nature. But I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement there with that organization. So, Camille, with the introduction of technology, I'll try to phrase this question correctly, but, um, you know, I think there's, uh, it'll all come back to the fact that you can't bypass human interaction and human communication. And like when I was in remodeling, you know, I would write notes for the client for the end of the day that they know, you know, this is what we're doing, but that's been you know, that's been next out by technology. Now it's all a client portal and all this stuff. Do you think the introduction of technology or maybe people are always trying to get those resources to enhance the client experience, but where do we miss the mark where 
we th- they're burdened by the technology, but we're missing the mark on the communication. Well, Steve, I think you hit it on the nose when you said enhance. If it is a product there to enhance the client experience, then it will win. Um, some of the organizations that I work with, they have portals. As a matter of fact, the company that I retired from, I helped build that portal. That portal's intent was to enhance and to bring value. You could go there and find out information. Um, there were things uploaded there, et cetera. But when it became the primary mode of communication, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because most people, they don't want to do that. They want to talk to someone. And if I can't talk to you, that's okay. But if you set the expectation up early that you are you are helping several families. And I think your language is important. Not, I have a lot of jobs because yeah. that makes, that tells me I'm not a priority, right? right? That'll tick you off really fast. That is one thing that was said to me that did tick me off. Although I understand it. And I said, let me offer you some better language. Why don't you say that you're helping several families realize their remodeling dreams right now? That I can swallow. And if that's the case, then send me a text. I'm okay with that. But I should hear your voice at least once a week. That's yeah, great. that's that's super fantastic. Yeah, all the listeners, you can't see the facial expressions that I've got going on, and Steve's <laughs> got. We've got thumbs going up and smiles, and uh, this is just. So let me go back. Uh, you mentioned earlier about your experience with the the big builder that you developed or you brought in focus groups of clients, and I just wanted you to maybe comment on the um, maybe using that and doing that well so that you do get real uh, feedback so that you can make some changes. Cause I've, I've mentioned that I've never really seen it taking place Mm. with the businesses that I've worked with, but it just seems like such a great opportunity to gain information. So could you just comment about the focus groups and what you think is important in terms of handling those? Absolutely. Well, they're not for the faint of heart. You have to have some tough skin because the point of doing the focus group is to get real feedback. Um, There are several ways you can identify your clients that you would like to reach out and ask if they would, you know, bless you with that opportunity. First off is your surveys. Um, In your surveys, you should have an open comment section. It shouldn't just be fill in the bubbles. There should be a little section where they can they can type out their own response. That's important. And that's the area that I was always always looking for. So let's say that you want to improve your overall experience. Go to that section, any comments you've received and see people who have said, I've had a good experience or a bad experience. And you, you kind of put it together. You get good and bad. You have to offer them something. Starbucks used to be enough. I don't know about that day, but you know we're, we're going to pay you for your time, whether it's a gift certificate to a restaurant, whatever it is. And then you kind of have your set questions about the experience and what you would like to gain from them and give that to them early. Uh, And then you invite everyone out together in one place. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to have like certain homeowners would host it at their home uh, because I was focusing on a particular community or maybe it's, um, you know, you you get a, a room at a hotel, whatever it is. Um, And you just go through the questions and you ask their feedback and you kind of write all that down. Again, the important thing is to follow up with them and let them know what improvements you've made or thank them for, you know, the time. Most people are willing to give you their feedback. Yeah, that's so that's so fantastic. So 
Camille, we're going to wrap this up so Steve and I can have an hour long, you know, back and forth after this <laughs> and, and people will still hang on. But um, just uh, I've mentioned already that you have a, a practice, a business called Camille's Keys. And just tell us how people can reach you if they would like to do that. Absolutely. So if you're looking for someone to come and help your team culture, help you improve your customer focused uh, processes or anything along those lines, you can reach me at uh, CamilleKeys.com. My email is Camille3Keys at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, This is, I don't know what Steve's going to say, but this is going right up to the top of my list as to uh the podcasts that we've had so awesome. i appreciate it's it very been much. my pleasure thank you this is great thank you take care camille well tim uh yes you are right this goes up toward the top of <laughs> one of the best shows we've had just for the simple fact that there are so many different takeaways that people can use um and you know not all of it seems obvious to me um one of the things that I really loved is um, when she was talking about let the client create their own dialogue. That's, that's a piece to me that is, uh, is just so important. But um, the other part was just the overall content of the survey. You know, she talked through, you know, I think people are just so quick to put out these questions, but get into the heart of the uh, survey and leave that open comment section so I'm for me, looking it, through my notes, but keep going. Yeah, it was for me. It was that one little four letter word care. And I wrote down right next to it emotion. And it just strikes me that what we're looking for is what were their emotions through the project? And did they feel like someone what cared about how they were feeling? And and I don't you know, I haven't seen everybody's survey that's out there, but it just feels like. Most of them are about, you know, did we meet your design values? Did we, you know, did we clean up every day? Did we, you know, these sort of things that we do as opposed to trying to find out what they were feeling about it. And then I just, I think her own experience with the contractors at her house just, you know, threw up these these things like, and she mentioned the trade transition, like when a trade's coming out, not having somebody there and that she had to answer the questions. And, you know, you and I know that many of our clients have gotten way past that. But at the same time, just a reminder that this is real stuff. This is stuff that goes on on people's job sites. And if we become the company that's not like that, then we get, you know, we get better referrals and so forth like that. So, yeah. and I guess maybe the other thing, the big thing for me was, and I commented it during the show was just like, get back with your clients and thank them for the feedback and tell them that you're changing things. And uh, that for me is a huge, like if I take the time to actually fill out the survey, I want to know that someone paid attention to that. I want to know that somebody didn't just, oh, we'll post it up here, you know? But somebody actually paid attention to that and, and uh, you know, for lack of a better term, actually listened. <laughs> that was one of my biggest takeaways was share with them the changes that were made so that they did, you know, you were listening. But back to the context I said of the 
uh, don't let them create their own language. She meant she mentioned the term close each day. Yeah. And so each day is closed with the client knows what's going to happen next. And right. any void in a remodeling project on the client's end will get filled by their anxiety, their worries. And then it becomes an issue that doesn't need to be there if it's communicated properly. I just, um, yeah. So that, the, that to the, me was the one key, of the most important piece. The key to me about that is this phrase that I heard a while back in the absence of information, the client will fill in the blank. Yeah. And it's almost always negative. Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the whole key to, you know, how do you, and this goes right along with one of the other things you mentioned in terms of the education, like what's going to happen? Because we do this every day. We do this, you know, yeah. so many times we're, we go through this, but the client might only do this once in their life. And even then, if it's the second time, it's a different job. They don't know what's going to happen. And the most mundane thing to us is a new experience for them. And so we may go like, ah, yeah. Now I've sat in meetings with lead carpenters and project managers that go like, hey, it's going to be dusty. Yeah, but what about yeah. the client? This yeah. dust is not their experience. It's our experience, but it's not their experience. And then what happens next and all those other things. So communication, mm -hmm. not just we had a meeting, but asking questions, getting to know the client, getting them to share with you their emotions, their feelings, what they expect. And then the education, amazing, what? worth worth the 45 minutes that we're going to spend on this thing. Oh, yeah. And then two things. So um, we had an entire episode about shifting your language. We took all these terms that you should take and throw in the garbage and not use anymore. And we, we talked about how important the phrasing of language is. And she mentioned, hey, I mean, how blank and empty it is to say, I have other jobs. <laughs> That's right. You know? No, I'm helping other families create the kitchen home of their dreams. I mean, yeah. to me, it is such a shift and it's, uh, it's just so important. So my suggestion to all listening is to listen to this once through, go back and look at your current process. Look at your, look at your uh, surveys, look at the sales process, look at the project managers you have on staff and then listen to this again. And it's like watching like the sixth sense, you know, you catch, Oh, well, of course I knew that was good. You know, it's like little things are going to pop up in this episode that are going to fill different voids of your, because this is chock full of a lot of information that I think one listen, you won't get it all. Yeah. So take it in, look at your process and then listen one or two more times. I think this will be one of the more, beneficial helpful episodes we've had yeah and so just to just to comment just always keep in mind that we tend to focus on what we call customer service but you really have to shift your mind over to what is the client experiencing because that's what they remember that's what they brag to their friends about that's what they tell nationally national audiences on a podcast that's the kind of stuff that that goes out there because that's what that's about their emotions and their feelings it's not about nails and bricks and sticks and things like that yep well 
To wrap it up, we really, really, really want to thank Camille Jenkins for joining us today. We want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, and I think this is a fantastic example of it, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.